0: Wish I could like toast my vape pen with your vape pen. Virtual vape toast. Virtual vape toast. (laughs)
1: Twilight Book Club, a podcast where two dumb bitches read four garbage books. I'm Sahana. And I'm Kat. This is the first episode of the podcast where we'll be discussing the first four chapters of arguably the worst teen fiction ever written.
0: Kat, why are we doing this? Uh, Is it because we
1: hate ourselves?
0: Partially, yes. Uh, also, we've been joking about doing a Summer Twilight reread for years, and now that we live across the country from each other and don't have to deal with the shame of reading this book face-to-face, we finally decided to commit.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, like, I figure if you have to be miserable, then why not inflict it on the internet?
0: I think that's a good idea.
1: I mean, after all, we are inspired by the world's ultimate masochist, our rock, Bell Swan.
0: God lover. her. Uh, Hope y'all are ready for a lot of angry yelling about how everyone should go to therapy because Kat and I are two radical feminist social workers with questionable reading comprehension. So really, that is all we have for you. Uh, Okay, so we're going to dive right into the first four chapters. But before we do that, Kat, I have a very important question for you. Uh, In this relationship between you and I, which one of us is the lion and which is the lamb?
1: Oh, my God. I forgot about that (laughs) dumb Is that in this book?
0: Yeah, it is. You know, I think it might be. I don't think we've gotten to it quite yet, but it is. It is in here. It's a coming. Get ready. Oh man!
1: You know, one of the songs uh, on Stephanie Myers' playlist, which for those of you who don't know, Stephanie Myers creates playlists for each of these books, featuring, you know, like Mike Hem, um Muse, I think, is on there a, somewhere. A lot of Muse, Placebo, I think, but oh, also great. Arcade Fire.
0: Um, oh, poor Arcade Fire. They didn't Arcade deserve Arcade that.
1: Fire, and I think it's because one of the songs has a line that is similar to that. And that is how Arcade Fire got roped into it.
0: <laughs> I feel real bad for them. That's unfortunate. Um, you still have not answered my question. Which of us is the lion and which of us is the lamb? Hmm.
1: Um, I'm going to go with the I'm the... Oh, crap. I want to say I'm the lion because I have you know, giant blonde hair, but I don't know if that counts.
0: I do have curly hair. I guess lambs have curly hair. Is that our criteria?
1: I think that...
0: <laughs> Is that the best belong? we can do? Okay. Um, I'm gonna let you take the uh, preface here. No, no, no. Uh,
1: no. I don't want to do the preface. I would, however, like to read you the intro quote.
0: Oh, yes, please do. How could I have forgotten about that? Just lead us in, Katie.
1: Okay, here we go, here we go. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, eatest eatest thereof, I can read the Bible, thou shalt surely die. Genesis 2.17. Just really reminding us about the Mormonism right off the bat.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I have to say that I feel like this quote does nothing for my contextual understanding of the book. Uh, I don't know if that has something to do with the fact that I have zero contextual knowledge of the Bible in general, but I feel like it contributes nothing, really.
1: No, you know, I have read this before. I mean, I was 13.
0: Yeah, same. I
1: still have no idea of what that's supposed to say, other than once you know there are vampires in the world you'll want to bang
0: them. Yeah, maybe. Is that what the Bible was actually about, is wanting to fuck vampires? Have we all just been... I mean, Jesus did rise from the dead, so...
1: Twilight is just Bible fan fiction.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. We've cracked it. Um,
1: Anyways, I want you, though, to cover the preface, because the preface all right. is a
0: wild journey. Listen, bitch. We get one page of preface, and... I truly cannot think of another book that comes in this fucking hot, okay? We get one page of what is very clearly set up to be a fucking death scene. We don't know who this character is. We don't know where she is or how she got there. All we know is that she's, like, apparently real horny about dying. She says something about how, like, if this is the way to die, at least she should be able to die in the place of one she loves, uh, which is concerning, um, and then I would just like to read the last line of the preface uh, because I think it really sets us up for the quality of writing that we're all about to experience from this book. The hunter smiled in a friendly way as he sauntered forward to kill me.
1: Yeah. Can yeah. I? I love sauntering in friendly ways. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Smiling in a friendly way while sauntering for murder.
0: Yeah, there's no adjective attached to sauntering. Uh, what? What? What?
1: You know. Well, I think the best part about that is how it leads in to the first chapter. Now, the first chapter of this book <laughs> starts with, like, none of that intrigue. And not in a way where it's like, oh, I wonder, I'm really excited to find out how we got there. It's just like... No, nothing. Excuse me? I mean, literally, it starts off with Bella, who is a thin, brown haired, average looking white girl from Phoenix, where she, you know, never quite fit in.
0: So it's really hard to be a thin, brown haired, average looking white girl.
1: Yep, and she's getting driven to the airport, where she's going to go to Forks, which is in Washington, to live with her father, Charlie. And somehow, this is some sort of <laughs> self exile. And we have absolutely no context for that. Like, why she's leaving. All we know is why she hates it. It's because it's rainy and small. Yeah,
0: and it's, like, she makes very clear that this is some kind of massive sacrifice that she's making. So that's really all we know about her at this point.
1: We, yeah, so so far we just know that she's, like, she just loves pain. She's like, oh, I want to die for you, whoever you are, in the preface. And then, oh, I'll get to that later. I Remind me to mention something about the word preface to you later great and then and then it just goes into like oh yeah and i'm just going to force myself to live in a town i hate because i love pain
0: she loves pain
1: like literally in this chapter she talks about how there aren't any metal detectors in the high school which is somehow a problem
0: yeah she apparent it says that she's like nostalgic for they're not we'll get there there y'all there's so much in this chapter woof okay continue yes
1: she, she gets support Charlie drives her home in his police car, much to her dismay. We're introduced to the problem that she needs a car, which is like, okay, here's like some sort of conflict. Immediately resolved in like the next sentence. Wherever it's revealed that Charlie got her one for free. Her response... (laughs) Her response is... Wow.
0: Free. Incredible. Incredible.
1: Which we're led to believe Soon after, though, that she's legitimately excited for it, even though it says "Wow, period, free period." But then she's like, "Ah, oh, I love this old pickup truck. It's just my style. It's not one of those shitty foreign <laughs> cars."
0: Bella Swan hates foreign cars.
1: <laughs> you know, but like, you know, people criticize Kristen Stewart's acting, but like, you know, like she never smiles. She doesn't whatever. She doesn't. But like Bella's character. In response to a free car, which solves her biggest problem, is just wow, free.
0: Like no punctuation, no tonal, uh, like nothing, just nothing. So you know, honestly, I think Kristen, I'm thinking that Kristen Stewart was making the best with what she had. So Okay, so
1: then she she gets home, she's super upset. She wants to she wants to cry, but she decides disca- decides to schedule that activity. For later, because-
0: I mean, who among us does not schedule our crying into our day?
1: Some people probably do. I saw a post online earlier today that was something along the lines of, like, someone's alarm went off and he just stopped crying. (laughs) Wish, (laughs) same. It's like in, uh, like, couples therapy, how they teach you to, like, tell people to just fight for, like, ten minutes a day. Just, like, schedule fighting time. Have you never been taught that?
0: I, listen, I am, like, a full therapist, and I have never heard that shit.
1: Okay, That's... well, at University of Michigan, um, the number one school of social work that I went to... <laughs> well, the fuck you, bitch. One, um, that, <laughs> you know, that I love so much.
0: Oh, yeah, know? it's your favorite place in the world. Mine, too. That's why I chose not to go there. What?
1: Um, they had... I don't remember what theory it was, but they talk about how you could just schedule, like, tell people as, like, a practice and not fight at all during the day, and then just schedule, like, ten minutes and just fight during about ten minutes. That's... ...help people somehow. You know.
0: <laughs> That's such garbage. I'm sorry. That, that Bella sounds like
1: family therapy before, and she learned that tactic. So she just schedules her cry- crying. You know what? Uh,
0: I appreciate Bella's better than most clients, and that she actually utilizes therapeutic skills outside of therapy. I have to at least give that to her. Okay, so Bella's scheduling her crying into her day. Uh, what happens after that, Katie?
1: Um, well, after she stares wistfully into the night, then it's the next day, and it it's her first day of school. And, you know, it's full of rain, and boys inexplicably fawning over her, despite her average looks and obvious clumsy, you know, clumsiness. And then she's super bored and bummed, and then we get to lunch, and we meet them. The Collins.
0: Oh the Hales, shit! Which,
1: if you don't watch- if you haven't watched Twilight, and you haven't read Twilight, you've probably never heard of the Hales. But they are just other vampires. You know, that Cullens also live with the Collins. Yeah, it's all. They're, they're super hot teens who may or may not all be related and or are dating each other.
0: It's, it's like a little incest is happening. It's all fine. No one's worried about it.
1: Yeah. And like one of them is, you know, a certain bronze haired boy with a crooked smile you might be familiar with Edward Collins.
0: Oh shit.
1: And we learned that all of these sexy vampires, sorry, <coughs> regular students, uh, all live in some sort of sexy house with a young doctor and are too cool for you. And then, you know, they just, like, go to biology. She's seated next to our unfriendly hottie, who is somehow so, like, repulsed by Bella that she catches him in the office after school and asks to switch out of their shared class. And, like, Bella is
0: she doesn't know what the fuck to do with she herself like,
1: why does edward hate me he's such a sexy asshole <laughs> school
0: sucks Forks <He's laughs> <great.
1: laughs>
0: is the worst it's just wet and garbage <laughs> can i okay all right so i want to circle back to something that i feel like you mentioned briefly earlier You told me that there is a line from this chapter that has been stuck in your brain for years, and I would love, could you, could you share that with me, please?
1: Okay, yes. So, there's a line that just says, it's a stupid line, it just says, nothing slows down in traffic like a cop. So... (laughs) <laughs> dad is a cop, and she has to drive a SWAT car. But because he's driving, everyone slows down, so it slows down traffic. And she's mad because she wants to speed. She has a need for speed, and it's not fulfilled. We all know. Anyone who's read New Moon knows Bella likes to go fast. Except that she doesn't <laughs> like to go fast because when Edward's going fast, she's like not into it. I think I don't remember.
0: There's like a whole. It's a whole thing. We'll you get know? There. We'll but get there.
1: Every day in my fucking life since then <laughs> it
0: every haunts time, you
1: every time traffic it's like down, a it's
0: like a phantom
1: it's certainly undead anyway I, I, I fucking every hate since you. Then, every time traffic slows down in my head I'm like oh there might be a cop, like, oh, be a cop. Like, <laughs> nothing slows down traffic like a cop <laughs> just
0: like <laughs> just like a chilling refrain that moves through your head oh you know, jesus you know... And then
1: there's all the side characters which I think we
0: should definitely touch on. I... Okay. I don't understand. Bella's physical description of herself is like, oh, I don't fit in anywhere because I'm pale and I'm skinny, which is fucking garbage. It's garbage. I'm so mad.
1: But Bella, uh, she thinks brown hair will make her stand out.
0: Yeah, I don't... Like, where the fuck do you think you are? Also, literally, like, if you took a shot for every I'm not like other girls signal in the first fifteen pages of this book alone. You would get fucking alcohol poisoning. Like she spends all this time talking about how she like doesn't fit anywhere because she is like pale and like so skinny and her hair is brown. And then a page after that she's like talking about how she doesn't relate to people her age. Um there's some dumb fucking line in the like middle of the first chapter where she thinks that her black raincoat is gonna stand out. Like I don't this that was, bitch.
1: That was wild. That was very good. I Fala's Fella's whole worldview is a little unsettling. I mean, like
0: Here's the thing about this. To bring us back to the side characters, almost every side character introduced in this chapter is like some milk toast boy that's like head over heels in love with her. And I feel like this is Stephanie Meyer trying to signal to us that like Bella, like, boys find Bella attractive, even though she doesn't think of herself as attractive. But apparently that's what makes her attractive. Yeah,
1: well, Harry Styles and St. Malik
0: told us this. You know what? All of our questions about Twilight could have been solved.
1: They got it from this book.
0: Do you think that Harry Styles actually just read Twilight and was like, this is it, this is the song. Bella Swan is beautiful because she doesn't know that she's beautiful.
1: I think Simon Cowell read this book. (laughs)
0: oh like literally within the span within the span of less than 10 pages two side characters show interest in Bella and she couldn't give a shit
1: of course she couldn't give a shit do you want to know why?
0: because she's not like other girls
1: no 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 do you want to know why? why? it's because Stephanie Myers gave her hints by making every character she should be interested in having some interesting name. Like Robert, oh, or, Jasper, oh, or Eric. yeah. And all, the characters, know, and all the characters we shouldn't care about are named Eric, M-
0: Jessica, and Mike. <laughs> Mike, Tyler. Wait, I wanna, I actually wanna, you said, like, what you said about their names, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's literally a part, there's, okay, there's so much fucking heavy-handed foreshadowing in this chapter, like, it made me mad. Uh, there's a part where Bella says something about how all of the Cullens' names are weird, and she says, oh, it's kind of like the names that grandparents have. Bitch, it's because they're all old as fuck. They're all undead.
1: Okay, it's better. that part was better than the no one was going to bite me. Oh, anyone.
0: don't even get me fucking started. No one was going to bite me. I... You know what? I, Bella okay. Would love
1: would love for someone to bite her, though.
0: I. She's. She's. That's all she wants. She's a fucking masochist. She's just here for the pain.
1: She I. Is, she likes to put herself in situations where, like, they're like tense, and she's going to receive no satisfaction from them. Yeah. If she were a guy, she would definitely edge herself. <laughs> like, anyways. you.
0: Can you can you're I, not. You're not wrong. Can you tell I, me about chapter two? First, I would like to say that, in line with the foreshadowing, there is, like, a stupid amount of dramatic irony in this chapter. Honestly, like, the first whole first half of this book. Because the back of the fucking book tells you that Edward's a vampire. Like. <gasps> What the fuck is the point of keeping Bella in the dark for this long if we as the readers already know what's happening? Why waste spoilers, all of this time?
1: Spoilers, everyone. We are four chapters in, which is like, oh, like 85 pages. <sighs> we still don't know that Edward's a vampire.
0: Oh, we know. Bella doesn't know.
1: Okay, no, but we the reader are not supposed to know. It's not been told to us.
0: But it's on the back of the fucking book. Anyway. Yeah, but
1: not within the text of the
0: book. <sighs> uh, also, All right. Okay,
1: wait, No, actually, on that note, I'll get back to the thing I mentioned I was going to get back to. Oh, so, yes. The back of the book has never changed. Like, it's nope. the same thing it said, like, when we read it when we were in middle school or
0: high school. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you come into this book knowing that it's, like, a teen vampire romance.
1: Yeah, so, it's the back of the book says, About three things I was absolutely positive. First... Edward was a vampire. Second, there's a part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be—that thirsted for my blood.
0: And third, I'm super wet for him. And
1: third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Now you might have noticed my over pronunciation of the word irrevocably.
0: Why, uh, why, Katie?
1: Um, because. There are another two things about this book that really stuck with me, outside of the cop thing. Um, one was that, well both of them actually, are that I found out I didn't know how to pronounce certain words. <laughs> what? So, you know, the first one, Which word? The first one is, you know, there could be an argument for this, a preface. I always said preface.
0: Oh okay okay um, all right. I still
1: think that that should be the word, and I still say it that way in my head, and you can't stop me. But the other one was irrevocably, which, as many of you are saying out loud to yourself right now, I pronounce irrevocably.
0: I think that's fine.
1: You cannot revoke that shit.
0: It's I think I think that that's fine. You know what else is not revocable, Katie? Is uh my frustration with chapter two of this book. So. Listen, we open chapter two, Bella goes to her second day of school, which she says is better because now that boys think she's cute, she has friends, uh, but also it's worse because Edward doesn't show up to school, she freaks the fuck out, she spends her whole day in a fucking anxiety spiral like a boy hasn't texted her back because she doesn't know what's gonna happen when she sees him again, and then he doesn't fucking show up to lunch, and so uh, Bella, ever the self-centered protagonist, worries that she's the reason that he's not in school. Uh, she makes it through the day, and then she notices that the Cullens are leaving school and like has this thought about how they're always alone. And in the first show of any kind of insight we've seen from Bella at all, uh, reasons that they must choose to isolate themselves, because apparently they're way too fucking hot to just be alone otherwise. Good uh, Good work. Deducing Bella. Um, so after that, we're regaled with a list of all the boring shit that Bella does after school because apparently <laughs> we need I'm to fine. know that she goes grocery shopping and emails her mom and like knows how to cook a potato. I don't.
1: Yeah, she cooks potatoes a sink. It like literally is like talks about her like wrapping it up and putting it in the oven. Like, and I you don't. Know, you know that part in rubber? <laughs> Which, granted, is saying it ironically or jokingly, where it's, like, why don't we see people go to the bathroom? I'm like, whatever.
0: Like, honestly, yeah. there's so much mundane detail in this book about all the random shit that Bella does that I'm surprised that it's not, like, and then I took a shit for 20 <sighs> minutes. Like, whoo. <laughs> I, just...
1: I mean, we still I get that, like... It you know, like I opened the mail. I threw out four pieces <laughs> of junk mail.
0: I swear to God. So she makes this. She makes this meal. Uh, while she's having oh, dinner with her dad. Oh,
1: oh. She makes steak and potatoes, of which, baked potatoes, not mashed potatoes, of which Charlie has seconds. And I, that line threw me a fucking. <laughs> I was like, who has, who prepares seconds of steak and? Did he potatoes? like
0: have? another steak? Yeah. These have
1: another what? entire
0: baked potato. <laughs> what are his intestines okay? Honestly, I would not be surprised if we now got exposition about one of the characters having to take a massive shit because look at what they're eating. Oh, uh, anyways, continue. I'm con- I'm concerned for everyone's colon. Uh so she's having dinner with her dad. She's wrecking her digestive system. She mentions the Cullens and seems really surprised by his reaction because Charlie's really upset that people think that the Cullens are weird because he's like, oh, the town is so lucky to have Dr. Cullen at the hospital. Also, Dr. Cullen's a certified hottie. So that's great. Um, The rest of Bella's week at school is apparently uneventful. Edward doesn't come back. Um, when she goes to school the next Monday, everyone's losing their fucking shit because it's snowing, which I think is the f- in Forks, Washington. I don't know. Okay, so I live in Oregon, and everyone has told me since I moved here that we barely get any snow in the winter, and, like, Washington's not that far north of us. Uh, I don't know. So everyone's fucking... Losing their minds because it's snowing. Uh, Bella, Snow Virgin, and Ever the Contrarian, wastes no time whining for approximately three whole pages about how much she hates the snow. Hey,
1: that's part of the genre. I mean, I don't know if you remember the book, a little book I like to call Frankenstein. <laughs> oh there's my like, god. Where there's like 80% of the book that is Katie the monster hanging out in the snow being like it's fucking snowing
0: it's snowing i hate guess this what, shit guess what bitches?
1: it's still snowing it's and still I'm snowing
0: family. okay so Bella listen Frankenstein's monster <laughs> oh no um so in the midst of this like i hate snow i'm so sad diatribe She notices that Edward has returned. She probably nearly shits herself with excitement, either because she ate way too much steak last night or because he spent all his lunch staring at her. Uh, Super chill, really normal, cool reaction to have. Um, So she goes back to biology class, um, and Edward is sitting next to her, and he introduces himself and is uncharacteristically really nice to her, and she doesn't really know what's going on. Um, how would she know? She yeah, met him one time, and now she's. Like, I mean, he so did like, like. Characteristically nice to me today. He did like stare. I don't know. You know. Um, so they do the mitosis lab. To... Uh, whatever. Well, so they they do the like you know the classic like mitosis slides under the microscope lab. Uh, at one point, our brooding hero brushes Bella's hand, and she says she feels like an electric current passes through her. Uh, because apparently that's what teenage romance is like. I don't. I don't know. Uh as the one as the one half of this partnership that uh had teenage romance, Katie, is that what a teenage romance feels like?
1: Teenage romance feels like laying on a futon on the ground or um, it feels like um no, that's not Okay, I guess that's what it feels like. That's just what it is like. <laughs> <laughs> Teenage romance feels like being really upset because your boyfriend lent his Halo 3 hoodie to your friend and you think that means he has the hots for her and not that she was cold and he was not particularly cold and you take that shit so seriously.
0: That's, uh, yeah. That's teenage romance.
1: So I imagine electric currents could have been up on in there. Yeah. If I felt that Um, strongly, I mean, if some generic teenager and not me, about that strongly about their boyfriend blending their Halo 3
0: hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's all. It's all, it's all. It's all real. It's all real. Bella knows about uh, romance. So they finish so, the lab, right? Yeah. So they're doing. They're doing this lab. They finish the lab super quickly because as Bella constantly remind us, she's a genius. Everyone else at her school is a garbage idiot. Uh, she constantly likes to tell us how much smarter than everyone else she is. Um, So they finish this lab, which means that they have plenty of time to have this really weirdly in-depth conversation about Bella's family and why she moved to Forks, uh, including Edward telling her in what I guess is supposed to be like a sexy and compelling way that he recognizes that she must be suffering more than you let anyone see.
1: Because people who edge can point out other people who edge.
0: Oh, my God. It's Edgdard. Okay, (laughs)
1: continuing.
0: So this is super cool, not at all a creepy conversation, not a weird thing to say to a person that you just met. Uh, So she leaves class, and her friends notice that Edward was nice to her, and then she catches him, like, staring and laughing at her on her way out of the parking lot. Yeah. And that's the end of the fucking chapter.
1: That's it. You know? Why not? In, I just... That chapter has, like... Okay, there's almost nothing to say about the actual plot of that chapter.
0: Because nothing happens. fucking happens.
1: But there are, I think... I know that I have a certain line I would really like to discuss. And I'm pretty Great. sure you have a certain line.
0: I, line I most certainly do. So, so no, I'll no. let you go first. Okay,
1: so my my particular favorite line in this chapter... This This really characterizes this book <laughs> so it goes I guess he considered and by he she means her father Charlie I guess he considered me old enough now not to shoot myself on accident and not depressed enough to shoot myself on purpose
0: I don't have I don't even know where to begin with this line
1: like I don't know if this is like a good Chekhov's gun situation <laughs> Which it must be right. There's a gun. Even Stephanie I, Meyer knows that you can't have a fucking gun and not have a character either. You know, accidentally shoot themselves or shoot themselves on purpose.
0: I mean, I like, guess it's what it's like. Those are silver things. bullets in it and use it to kill someone. I don't know. Kill. kill you know, what a great question. Uh, this is listen. Bella is the press as Fuck, girl.
1: I, clearly has gone to a lot of therapy. She's gotten that that good advice about counseling and...
0: You know, I'm not sure that therapy. Bella has gone to therapy. I think Bella is one of those teens that, like, self-diagnosed herself on Live LiveJournal uh, oh. and then, like, googled some therapeutic strategies and thinks that that's gonna do it for her.
1: Okay, that might be true. Now, um, but speaking of her mental health and, uh, her sexual proclivities, would you like to discuss your favorite line?
0: Okay. Listen, y'all, there are some clues that we have received about things that Bella does and does not like. If you will remember, Bella hates foreign cars. Uh, And in talking about foreign cars, Bella does a lot of talking about car crashes. Uh, She mentions more than once that uh, her car would make scrap metal out of any other car,
1: Foreign cars.
0: Foreign cars, specifically. uh, But, it you know, it gets more general as we move on through the next couple of chapters. And I think that this is a really good lead-in to the next chapter. So here it is. Here is my central thesis about this book, my theory about Bella Swan. Isabella Swan has a car crash fetish. (laughs) Okay. Isabella Swan... a car crash fetish she she car crashes make her horny okay like why does why else would she talk about it so much the whole next chapter is centered around her almost getting hit by a car and then she falls in love with Edward because she's horny for him because he showed up in the middle of a car crash and it was just her basal response Bella Swan has a car crash fetish that is this whole book I'm convinced
1: Okay, so maybe the real reason she doesn't like driving in Charlie's cop car is because, like, there's less likely people speeding and getting into car crashes. Yeah. But she, I would think she would like it because if there is a car crash, she'll get to show
0: up. Yeah, but I think she wants to, like, be in the car crash because she keeps talking about her truck making scrap metal out of other... She wants to be the arbiter of a car crash and then she wants to jack off in her destroyed car.
1: So it seems to me like she's really dominant. Like, and so I'm not sure where E.L. James got this shit from
0: because I'm pretty sure... But is she, though? Because she's also totally a dude that would edge himself. Maybe Bella Swan's a switch.
1: I think Bella Swan is a switch. Um, I would love okay. to move on, though, to by far the most exciting chapter.
0: Yes, and the, and I think uh, the, the chapter with the most evidence for my Isabella Swan has a car crash fetish theory, yes. so lay it on me.
1: Chapter 3, which is entitled Phenomenon, in case you were wondering. So
0: you chapter know what?
1: 3 is the first chapter where anything actually happens. Like, the only chapter with a plot. It's a snow. After like
0: 40 pages of exposition.
1: I think longer. I think it's 50. Oh, so, Jesus. There's, it's a snowy, icy hellscape outside, and Southwest Bella is reasonably concerned. So she rides at school safely, excellent, in her nice American car, and realizes after getting out of the car that her good old American truck handled the snow so well because caring dad Charlie had put snow chains on the tires. And then Bella has, like, approximately three seconds to become super emotionally compromised. By
0: okay, pause. Do you think that she is emotional because she's, like, excited that Charlie put snow chains on her tires and showed love and care for her, or is she sad that there are snow chains on her tires because it means that she's less likely to get into a car accident, which means she's less likely to have an orgasm? Continue. <laughs> that things can be true at once. <laughs> Dialectics! Oh, hit me with that therapy shit. Okay. okay. Continue.
1: So... She has like three, three seconds to be like, oh my, oh my god. whatever way that, oh my god, is intended. Um, before <laughs> she realizes a van is skidding towards her, about to crush her to death. And, and here, I would like to point out, she's like, this car's about to crush me. But what that bitch is thinking about is Edward Cullen. And we'll get yeah. to that.
0: Her whole life flashes before her eyes. Her life is Edward Cullen. <gasps> no, no, Continue. no, no.
1: This fits your theory, cause you're like, She's about to get into a car crash, and she's like, Oh, Edward, I wish you were in this car crash.
0: Yeah, because you want the fuck! Okay, Okay. continue.
1: Anyways, then suddenly Edward, who was previously specifically four cars away, which we know because she's like, this van's coming towards me. Edward is four cars away. Yup. He suddenly pulls her out of the way, because he's by her side now, knocks her head on the ground by accident, and then he, like, stops the van with his body and, like, lifts the van up and, like, moves her legs out of the way and then puts it back down. And then the, I don't know, they're, like, trapped between these two cars, but they're, like, fine. And then, you know, it's, like, these are some inhuman reflexes and strength. And so, like, Bella escapes, like, mostly unscathed. She's, like, hey, Edward, how'd you do that? And, like, Edward, like, any rich white man would, especially one who's 100 years old. He just like <laughs> gaslights the hell out of her.
0: Just nonstop gaslighting. I
1: Everett's mean, just like, you know what? It's my culture. I was raised during the era that gaslights existed. This is <laughs> <year."> <laughs> <laughs> He was like, I was the boy who lit the gaslights back in the day. Oh my god. So like, ambulances and police chief SWAN arrive and the whole school is watching on in horror. They're all like, oh my god, Bella! Someone get Tyler out of the car! Tyler's the dude who was
0: driving the van.
1: And then, but then she notices that the Collins and the Hales are just like, looking super pissed and don't seem concerned about Ever at all and are just like, ugh, what a fucking douche. And like, whatever. So, uh, Ever apparently like, betrays Bella by telling them to take her to the hospital.
0: Which is like honestly the only decent thing that he does in this chapter is to be like you should probably be medically evaluated. But it's not actually out of concern for her.
1: So Bella's is to the hospital where we get our first setting of Dr. Hot Dad Carlisle, which I'd like to also mention something about this name. I like how her dad's name is Charlie. Oh yeah! And his dad's name is the fancy version of Charlie.
0: You know, Katie, I wonder if that will come into play in a later book, the similarity of those two names.
1: I honestly don't remember.
0: Oh, well, you're in for a treat, and you just gotta hang on for three more books.
1: Oh, boy. I never finished the last book.
0: Oh, buddy.
1: Just so y'all know, when we get to it, eventually, the last third of the last book are completely unbeknownst to me.
0: I Buckle the don't fuck don't up. Know what
1: happens?
0: Oh boy. So, well, that'll you know, the uh, the the Charlie Carlisle thing. It comes back. Okay.
1: Dr. Hot Hot Dad, super hot dad. He's like, you're fine, you're excellent. And then, um, but he keeps Tyler there, and Tyler's just trying to apologize, and Bella's just like, this fucker is annoying the shit out of me. <laughs>
0: Like, she I, like not at all concerned for his safety. Tyler is, like
1: actually like fucked up, and she's just like, I wish this I wish this bitch was stop looking at me. Um, so then Bella goes and confronts Edward, just like, hey, um, you told me you tell me what the fuck happened, like what happened, and he's like, uh, what do you think happened? And she's like, uh, don't answer my question with a question. <laughs> And he's like, oh, what are you going to do about it, nerd?
0: They just are having, like, a real, just, like, a really sexy fight. You know? Like a, like a sexy fight where but you're. A where the, full of gaslighting. Oh, yeah. Uh, has, just, like, cut, like, the whole time he's like, I was standing right next to you. Even though she specifically told us how many cars away from where he was.
1: And, like, it's literally, like, he just pulls out all of the classic lines. Like, you're crazy.
0: Like, like you hit your head you don't know you were in an accident you don't know what happened
1: yeah so she leaves the hospital she's super distraught and then she finds out that charlie told her mom you know that she almost died and she's like she's How like dare so you?
0: so sad
1: how dare you call my mom you know and it's like okay and then you know she storms up to her room and then just like has a wet dream about edward collin
0: That's literally how this chapter ends, is that that she... That
1: concludes the most exciting chapter so far of our great American novel.
0: This is literally the most plot that we've gotten in 60-something pages. I... Y'all, this is... It's too much. It's too much.
1: I gotta tell you, though, I actually got legitimately really, like, uh, touched by... Her reaction to the snow chains. It's. Uh, it was like a line that I, if I gave Stephanie Meyer like way, way too much credit for writing, <laughs> and not just my brain for rewriting this book in my head as I read it and like adding a lot more backstory and shit that I'm just making up as I go along. I read this line and I'm like, no one's ever taken care of Bella. <laughs> Comfortable with this kind of vulnerability.
0: Like, I feel like this is, like this is the different. difference. Never been this seen is,
1: like this before. Never been cared for, because she always had to care for her mom.
0: I feel like this is the difference between reading this book as a teenager and reading it now uh, as adults with social work degrees, is that we, like, pick up on emotional things that I think were unintended, but both of us are like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean,
1: as a kid, I was just, like, you know, just flicking the bean while reading it. You know, I was just going for it. I... I just listen. I was just like a fucking, I'm picturing
0: Gaspard in my. head. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, Maybe I was Gerard Way. One hundred percent was picturing Gerard Way you for this whole there. series. Wow. I like. I had an unhealthy obsession with Edward Cullen as a teenager. I feel like this book gave so many teenage girls. Such a fucking complex about what romance was supposed to look like. This is a diatribe that I will go on at a later time, but I will say for now that Edward, there are so many red flags already. Like, they're not even.
1: This is why we love boys who ghost us now.
0: Yeah. This Edward is it.
1: ghosted for like the first 19 chapters of the next book, and yeah. then he came back, and we were just like, ugh. Uh.
0: Yeah, we all we all communally came. Yeah. So, okay. Oh. All of the plot of this chapter aside, I would just like to say, how the fuck does Bella consider herself a novelty in Forks? Cause she brings this up again at the top of this chapter and then promptly like stops talking about it. But I got so mad. <laughs> Really, because she gets in a car accident, but like, but it comes back. She goes through all of the trouble of telling us how unremarkable she is, and then spends so much fucking time talking about how much attention she gets, and she's like oh, people react to me so differently in Forks. Like, I'm not Phoenix hot, but I'm Forks hot. And then she says something about how she prefers being ignored, and I swear to God, if I have to listen to this toast bitch complain about getting attention one more time, I'm gonna fucking lose it. <laughs> I'm gonna lose it. I can't do this shit anymore.
1: Oh my god, that, yeah, well, I, I don't <laughs> think you're gonna like the next chapter, then. Oh god. But, uh, yeah. Oh god, we forgot about our favorite line. Okay, are you ready for the best line of this chapter? Lay it on me. It was like trying to stare down a destroying angel. <sighs> think he describes talking to Edward Cullen. Trying to stare down a destroying
0: angel. <laughs> I just want to isolate destroying angel. Okay. Destroying what? Well, All I pictured was the, the angels uh, from, from Doctor Who. From Doctor Who, yeah.
1: Okay, good. Because we're really bringing back everything we liked when we were 15.
0: I just, I mean, it's all like a, it just all lives in the same place in my brain.
1: (sighs) I can't even imagine what that is. What does that look, okay, is that like a thing in the Bible? A destroying
0: angel? Uh, If anyone listening to this podcast. knows anything about the Bible and or Catholicism let us know what the fuck is a destroying angel
1: or like Mormonism we need we need some uh, people to teach us while we read this for some cultural
0: background listen it's an exchange you get to listen to two dumb bitches yell about Twilight uh, and in return you teach us about Mormonism yeah I think it's a fair trade okay
1: so tell me about what I'm sure is your as as someone who loves oh my uh, god all the boys who like her so much uh, can Bitch, you, can you lay
0: on chapter listen. Okay, I just wanna, I would like to uh, preface my summary preface of right. this chapter um, by being slightly vulnerable with you all here on uh, this, here, the internet. I remember reading this chapter as a teenager and having such a strong reaction to it because uh, I was the teen in high school who did not get asked to school dances. And so to read a chapter in which this skinny-ass, brown-haired, average-looking white girl gets asked to a dance by three men in the same day made me lose my mind. And then rereading it as an adult, who has gotten significantly hotter in my adulthood, it still pisses me the fuck off because high school boys are not this brave.
1: Oh no, so. high school boys are not this brave. Um, for bringing it back to our high school years, I'd like to remind everyone listening to this that unfortunately, I was president of Anime Club. i is <laughs> because I just want to say that this chapter would have made a much better anime.
0: So much better. Okay, so... We end Chapter 3 with Bella's uh, vampire wet dream. Chapter 4 starts with Bella's vampire wet dream. Uh, She has all these dreams for, like, weeks on end about chasing Edward but never being able to reach him. Uh, She has these dreams every single night, despite the fact that he has not spoken to her in six fucking weeks since the car accident. So she almost dies. He saves her from being crushed by a car and then ignores her for six weeks. And her immediate thought upon realizing that Edward is ignoring her is I wish he bet he'd just let that car crush me to death. <laughs> Which is, honestly, this is like Morrissey levels of dramatic and to get that from yeah. a teenage girl is impressive. I'm side here by for your it. Side,
1: bitch.
0: I just... Oh, man. Okay, so he spends six fucking weeks pretending that she's not there. uh, And then he spends one entire class period just wordlessly staring at her. Like, just... From, like, two feet away. Just staring at her across the lab bench. And she loses her shit. Like, she freaks out. She's like, oh, my God, he's paying attention to me. And there is a line in this chapter where she even, like, recognizes that her obsession is unhealthy... But I feel like that's all we get. She, like, says it, and then we don't get that ever again because, you know, making her too self aware would make it so much harder to project yourself onto her vacant frame. So we're just going to gloss okay. right best, over that. The
1: best part about this scene, though, is that she stares back at him. Like, all <laughs> silently. Oh and my god, does she? Like a- I
0: don't think I realized that. Yeah,
1: they just have, like, a staring contest when we're back in the back of the classroom.
0: That's... It's I feel the whole like...
1: time, but, like, towards the end, she just, like, makes eye contact with him a little bravely, but then neither of them look away until, like, uh the teacher calls on Edward.
0: And I feel like that... I feel like, in writing that, Stephanie Meyer was trying to be like, ooh, they're, like, having, like, a sexy staring contest. They, like... And it's, it's not. It's not sexy.
1: Okay, but, like, honestly... I don't know. But, honestly, this chapter title is just, like, too fucking on the nose. The chapter is called Invitations. And, like, Literally all that happens in this chapter after that is the three boys ask her out to a school dance.
0: And one of them asks her to the school dance while Edward purposefully blocks Bella's car in in the parking lot, which is super fucked up. Like, it's so fucked up.
1: Yeah. Oh, Uh, Oh, God. Oh. And then. Okay, so Bella says, like, no to all of them.
0: And the best part is. For the, oh, okay, so so I'm sorry. Uh, Mike asks her out, and then Eric asks her out, and then Tyler asks her out, yeah, right? So
1: Mike asks her out, and then Eric. And then she's like, "No, I'm going to Seattle. You should go out with Jessica." And then he's like, "Oh, okay. I'll I'll go out with Jessica." And then Eric asks her out. And she's like, "No, I'm going to Seattle." Didn't Mike tell you? And he's like, "Yeah, he did, but I thought maybe you were lying."
0: She was like, "I thought you were lying, so that you could go with me." Which honestly. Is like, that is a high school level of boy confidence. So that um, there's.
1: That's what I basically did in my ninth grade dance. I, oh,
0: I remember I was there.
1: <laughs> I said yes to one boy and yes to another boy, and it was a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: yep. I remember I was there.
1: So I was the opposite <laughs> of Bella. Bella's like, nah, nah, bitch, nah. And I'm like, ah, uh, yes. Um, uh, yeah. Don't talk about it to anyone, though.
0: Oh man. So yeah. okay. As Katie has mentioned, Bella takes literally zero time pawning off all of her rejects on the only three other girls with names in this book so far.
1: Oh, two of those uh, that we just got in that. Oh book.
0: yeah. Um, do, Katie, does this book pass the Bechdel test?
1: Um, I don't think so yet.
0: I don't think maybe, that it I does. Maybe. She does talk to her mom.
1: And that's not about a boy. That's about forks.
0: Uh, okay. Isn't forks... Forks is a metaphor for a man. Um, um, okay, my
1: favorite part, though, is she pawns off her least favorite boy uh, to her least favorite girl.
0: It's true. She. she I mean,
1: like, uh, She's literally like, I gave it to Lauren, who is a girl who sits at my lunch table <laughs> and
0: doesn't talk to me. So, okay, so she pawns off all of these men that are pining after her. Uh, And then right after she does this, Edward decides that he's talking to her again out of fucking nowhere. He makes fun of her, uh, tells her that he literally, like, trapped her in her car so that Tyler could ask her to the dance. And then out of nowhere is like, by the way, do you want me to drive you to Seattle while simultaneously dissing her uh, all-American vehicle?
1: Okay, I also really liked his diss though. It was super funny. I like how he's like, can your car even get there? And she's like, it'll get there. And he's like, I'm one gas of tank. One gas of tank. One <laughs> tank of gas though. And she's like, uh, shut up, bitch. And he's like, the wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. <laughs> but that's the actual line he says.
0: That is the line he says, you're correct. Um, yeah, so he asks her if she wants a ride to Seattle, and her panties are way too fucking wet to think of an excuse, so she says yes, and that is the end of a riveting fourth chapter of what is swiftly becoming my favorite piece of literature.
1: Yeah, she's like, um, I thought we weren't friends. I thought you said you didn't want to be friends. And he said, um, I said it would be better if we weren't friends, not that I didn't want to be, which is like... I don't know if any of y'all have checked out the James A. Castor uh, repertoire on Netflix, <laughs> but you should. It reminds me of a bit of his where he has this line about prater where they said that they're giving out uh, free bananas and then he takes one and then the lady's like, I said we we're giving away free bananas. I didn't say which bananas were free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's literally the same logic! Oh like, my god. I, like... This, is, this chapter is like sometimes I forget that these characters are supposed to be in high school because they're written so poorly and then Stephanie Meyer throws something like a school dance into the plot and then you just you remember and it's so jarring
1: It's, it's definitely I, I think though we should really know that it's high school the whole time because we get lines like when the one dude asks her out and he's like oh while well, we're trapped here
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh and, like, my god her
1: friend calling and being like "Um, are you going um, like, to ask out Mike because I was going to ask out Mike if I ask out Mike
0: oh, oh my god <laughs> fucking Mike yeah. um, okay so I'd just like to bring us back to the reason that we're doing this podcast which is to prove that Bella Swan has a car crash fetish <laughs> Um, so so much of this chapter is dedicated to her talking about how much she wants to wreck Edward's car Um, she like talks about taking out the rear of his shiny Volvo and she's like one little bump wouldn't hurt any of them just the glossy silver paint job one little
1: bump wouldn't hurt any of them is what she says when she pegs him
0: (laughs) I was gonna say that sounded like a joke about edging but you know what you're right it's I it's pegging. Um, and then she says, towards the end, I didn't want to put myself in the path of too much temptation and end up owing him a new car. She loves car crashes, and she wants to fuck. And those two things are directly related to each other. Welcome to our podcast. Bella Swan has a car crash fetish. This is now a conspiracy theory podcast. I'm so sorry, everyone. So
1: that concludes the chapters we've read. I would like to just, just to quickly wrap it up by discussing the title of the next chapter.
0: I'm sorry. Before you do that, I just want to say that my favorite line in this whole chapter okay, yeah. is a thing that Bella calls Edward stupid shiny Volvo owner is truly among the greatest literary epithets of all time. Also, does this count as foreshadowing because he both owns a shiny Volvo and is a shiny Volvo owner? Stop it. I feel like it. I feel like it sounds like I'm saying "volva." Oh
1: <laughs> he is a shiny Volvo owner. Um, once he turns her into a vampire, at least. Um,
0: oh, Katie! Spoilers.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Are
0: really not aware of that? <laughs> listen, if y'all are listening to this podcast and you don't know that, uh you, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Okay. If you're concerned um, about twilight spoilers, maybe <laughs> you listen to this podcast. <laughs> if you're concerned about twilight spoilers, I you If you're you concerned about you, twilight spoilers, we are two social workers who can help you. <laughs> if you if if I mean you're I'm concerned not about
1: allowed to because I didn't submit for my license.
0: It's you know, listen, but if you're is you to some resources. If your concern about Twilight spoilers is intruding on your life in ways that you were unprepared for, there is help out there for you. Um,
1: that's what we specialize in in fact. Um so the next chapter we have not read yet in our adult lives is called Blood Type. I wonder what oh. that's gonna be about.
0: <laughs> oh, I that's remember what, this chapter.
1: Central, uh the central issue of this chapter will be about.
0: I remember this chapter so vividly and I can't fucking wait to reread it.
1: I cannot wait either. Um, <sighs> well, thank you all for checking in to the number one podcast, uh, which we say confidently in our first episode.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, um, we're definitely at the top of the charts already. We haven't even released this episode yet. Um, it's going to be great. The so. number one
1: Twilight podcast made for you by radical social workers who have not maybe done the best social working of Bella <laughs> <laughs>
0: listen I, I think Bella may be beyond our help I am not an expert Coming in, in week, destructive fetishes I
1: talk about family dynamics and, uh, <laughs> and her 10 minute crime deck okay. oh, so I am Kat and or Katie.
0: and Sahana
1: Uh, We don't have an ending thing yet. So, bye.
0: Bye!